This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Do you need a little extra spiritual advice in your life? Keen has got you. Keen provides access to vetted psychics and spiritual advisors who provide guidance and insight on life's challenges, clarity and love, relationship, career, and anything else that you can think of. Keen is also one of the most affordable ways to get an instant psychic reading by a professional at any time, literally 24 7. I'm going to have a special code in just a moment, so stick around. It's at trykeen.com. As a new Keen customer, you'll get your first 10 minutes for just $1.99. Then pricing depends on which advisor you choose, and there are some amazing ones that you can browse and search by keyword. It's an affordable way to meet new advisors, and you can even develop an ongoing relationship with monthly benefits. Simply go to trykeen.com slash Amy Edwards and use that link to get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. Again, that's trykeen, K-E-E-N dot com slash Amy Edwards. Hello and welcome to the Amy Edwards Show. I'm your host, Amy Edwards. We are here today to get inspired and live our dreams and transform into our best, healthiest, happiest selves by overcoming fear, building better habits, and shifting our mindset to one that serves us rather than doesn't. So how are you today? How are we today? That's what I should be asking. I'm so excited about the interview today with Tyler Coe. Tyler is the host of the new show, How Are We Today? It is all about mental health. And he is a badass that has overcome his own bipolar and mental health struggles to pivot into this new space. And it is such a cool journey to hear about because he had to let go of a lot of things. He was with Rooster Teeth for many years, worked on ESPN as a sports host and commentator. And he is incredible with the things he's done and what he's doing now. And I cannot wait to share his story with you or rather for him to share it. So before we get to that, please do the things, rate, review, subscribe, Let me know what you think of this episode or any other episode. I read those and I'm so honored that you're here and I appreciate all your feedback so we can grow this show and make it better all the time, just like we're doing ourselves. Yes. So also remember, you can reach out to me anytime. I'm amy at amyedwards.com or you can find me on Instagram at realamyedwards. So I am so excited to welcome Tyler Coe. Thank you to Tyler for the way that he showed up today, how vulnerable he is in all his shares. And I'm so excited for you to hear this interview. Oh, feels good to take a breath. Slow down. Has your day been busy so far? No, it's been nice and calm. Oh, good. Yeah. Good for you. Like, what's your morning look like, Tyler? I got the same thing. It's just wake up, get that coffee first. Okay. That's coffee first. first. Is coffee that key first. to your mental health? It is. Yeah. <laughs> Here, do you Jet want some Palo Black. Santo? I've, I, I don't even know what this is, so I will it's take some. It's a little pyramid. Palo Santo? Palo Santo pyramid, so, yeah. So do I just kind of. go around your head. Go it's just like, head. you know, okay. cleanses the space okay. a little bit. I need to be cleansed. You do? Yeah, my spirit Why? definitely needs to be Why? cleansed. Why? What's going on? Oh, we're just up and down, just living in the world. Yeah? This crazy world of ours. But tell me why your spirit needs to be cleansed. Um, oh, cause I'm a troubled individual and it's kind of what I have directed my life, uh, towards is trying to become a better person and fix myself and learn things along the way, share experiences. Maybe they help somebody else out. Honestly, I want to write a book, um, 
basically says like uh, the beginner's guide to doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you can just learn from my mistakes and just not do that thing. But if you've gotten here, did you really do it wrong? It's one of those things you never know. Like you can always go back, right, and say. Do you like, really I wish believe things. in right and wrong? I do. I do. You do. Yeah, right and wrong in your decisions. I mean, yes, like, but it's all gray, right? Like something yeah. can be a little bit right, a little bit wrong. They lead you to here, and and if I mean, it got you to a really good place, which is where you're at now, then could it? If it really is helping people now, because you have that experience, is it wrong? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. So then the beginner's guide to doing it wrong is, uh, there is no wrong. There, there is no <laughs> Lesson wrong. Lesson number yes. one. <laughs> I like that though. Yeah. That's good. Well, I've thought a lot about that in recent, like over the last year, because I feel like, you know, how do I do it right? You we get caught up in that and letting go of feeling like I'm doing it right or wrong has been a big learning experience for me. But also, I want to say that I completely agree with where you're coming from. Like my own fuck ups, if you will, or my own bullshit is what's gotten me right here. Cause I'm like, okay, fine. I'm just going to open my mouth, tell the truth and hope it helps somebody. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much my same philosophy. And it's one of those things is that you find it to be inherent, right? I would imagine for you, like you just can't not do it. Yeah. Like I can't not do it. You're like a conduit for it. Like it just, it just comes out like, and I don't know any other way to live than just to tell it like I see it and yeah. yeah, hope it helps or, you know, who knows? Well, you're already, you already have, I I heard this. I didn't realize, I knew you had the rooster teeth background, but I didn't know you had a radio background as well. And boy, <laughs> yeah. do you, I mean, you, you started speaking. I was like, oh yeah, I can hear that for <laughs> sure. So this sounds like a natural flow for you and a natural progression to move into this podcasting space of your new show. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's funny the way that that life ends up right between yeah. that right and the, that wrong that led me to where I am. Because, uh, yeah, I started off in radio. I, I work for ESPN Radio here in Austin. OK, I uh, kind of had a sports background. And then that, yes, that led to Rooster Teeth and did uh, some sports shows there and then got to do more stuff working for the NFL Network and doing live television for Major League Baseball. And it was all really great. And it's stuff that I was having a lot of fun with. But I think a lot of people in entertainment or, or even in just in your career in general, it doesn't have to be entertainment. You find yourself wondering, why am I doing this? That it's self-serving. Like I'm having a good time, but like, is there any impact on this? Like, am I becoming better through this? Like, or is it just for fun? And so I got to that point and I realized like I need to pivot. So I'd started talking about my own experiences with mental health, not realizing like I wasn't trying to like put it out there to help or anything like that. I just started talking about it. And I realized that the feedback I got back and the conversations I was having about it, they made me feel better than anything else. So it's right. kind of like that begrudging, like, man, I think we got to go this direction. We need to leave this stuff behind as great as it was. Let's go do something else. And it's hard because like, I'm sure it takes an, it, your ego takes a hit because it's so much identity wrapped up in the cool, like factor of it all. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How are you dealing with that? How did you, I, I, before we get to that, actually, though, what was the breaking point, like, because you've had some low points and I'm really curious about what the lowest points were and what really was pushing you. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm somebody, uh, not to backtrack too much, but I'm bipolar. So that was- How long have you known that? So basically since I was about 12, 13, 14, I can't remember exactly wow. the year, uh, but that can be the onset for a lot of people. I thought it was closer to like late teens, but- Well, that's the thing. It can happen then. It can okay. also happen later in life. Um, it just happened wow. to coincide with my puberty, which it happens for a lot of kids. Like a lot of kids will start to experience or, or have those symptoms. It's not like you just become it because you kind of always were. It's almost kind of like a time bomb. I know that's kind of harsh, but that's kind of what it is. 
It's like it was going to happen eventually for me. Yeah. Um, what did that look like for you? Oh, my gosh. It's something. I mean, it changes as I've gotten older, um, the way that it affects me and the way that I can handle it and be conscious of it, be self-aware. But when you're a kid, um, I mean, it took me on the wrong path. Um, and medicine and, and therapy has come a long way since, uh, you know, the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, so I'm somebody who got misdiagnosed. What, was, what did what ADHD or just something? clinical depression? Oh. And so they put me on medication that was actually counterintuitive to me. Oh, my God. Which is, uh, I think, the case for a lot of different. People. I've heard stories. Absolutely. Uh, so I got off the medication that then did the run of the mill for bipolar, which is drugs, alcohol, sex, risky behavior, fucking up my life, all that good stuff um, until I got to about my mid 20s when I started realizing like, hey, I got to start going to find some outlets to get some help. And what'd you do? Uh, oh my gosh, I've done a lot of things. Uh, and I think that's something that I, I like to talk about on my show and to other people. Just mm -hmm. I, I speak in terms of my experiences, but I really do think that going back to the right and wrong, there is no right or wrong thing you can do to go get help as long as you're just asking for help. So I've done therapy. I've done group therapy. I've done a, a AA. I've done intensive outpatient, uh, outpatient care. Mm -hmm. So I've done a, a bunch of different things. I tried a bunch of different things to find the fit for me. And what was the fit for you? The best fit for me probably was therapy. I mean, I think there, I, I honestly think everybody, the moment you were born, you should get assigned a therapist. I mean, go find your one, but like yeah. everybody should have one. Uh, and I was lucky to find one that I worked with for eight years. Uh, and then on top of that group therapy, which isn't for everybody, but that probably changed my life the most, gave me the most perspective. You know what? I've recently been hearing good things about group therapy and I guess I've done it in some context, but not in like a really like this is group therapy type of way. Yeah. And um, why is it just hearing other people's stories? I like that in a, I don't know if you're supposed to talk about AA, but I like that in AA too. Well, I think you can talk. A, yeah, yeah, you can talk about AA, but I mean, obviously you don't talk about names and no, stories. No, no. I, I think it's okay to talk about impact, right? Yeah. <laughs> like okay, it's good. impact. Let's talk about but that. I think exactly what you just said about hearing other people's stories. Uh, when I started going to group therapy, the first three months, I never talked. Not once. Like I'd say my name or whatever, but I would not talk because I would just listen to people and it would frustrate me or enlighten me, make me sad, happy, all that good stuff. So I, I tell people group therapy is kind of like a mirror. It's a room full of mirrors with people. I like that. And you got to look at every dif different aspect of yourself. And a lot of group therapy will kind of start like this. An example of like uh, it's led by a therapist and mm -hmm. then we'll come into the room and you'll sit down and I'll say it'll literally I've had meetings where it kind of starts like this. You know, Amy, the way you sat down, that frustrated me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They come in and be like, that actually, like the way uh, you just, you're making me a little angry today. And then the therapist be like, all right, Tyler, what, why is that? And then you just go with emotions. Mm -hmm. And it really gets down to that base level, that human level of like, what is going on between all of this? Mm -hmm. Because it's always something about you. It is. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. That's the tough thing. You talk about the ego, your ego takes hits big time of like, hey man, this is, this ain't about Amy. Mm -mm. This is about me and what I'm dealing with right now. It is. Yeah. Well, um, so are you still taking medication for bipolar or what's that like for you? I am. Yes. Uh, and I think there's some people like me. And again, just my experience, because sure. everybody's different. I think that's a very important thing to talk about in this conversation. That's different for everybody. Uh, but there are people with um, mental afflictions that are permanent. Like I'm never not going to be bipolar. You know, okay. depression can kind of come and go. Other afflictions can and I'm somebody that needs to be on medication probably for the rest of my life. Because it is about chemicals actually exactly. in your brain. Exactly. Correct? Yes, ma'am. I'm not that well versed on bipolar, but I have known some people and I know a little bit. So um, so now it's just manageable. 
I suppose, as long as you're continuing to do the things. Yeah. That's, Are you sober? Uh, for the most part, I would yeah. like to say I like, yeah, I, I'm full disclosure, not all the way. I have been at points mm-hmm. during COVID. I was yeah. completely, which I know completely. Is, which is the opposite of a lot of folks. But I understand to anybody out there like I, I understand. No, I didn't drink. drink, but I wouldn't I call myself sober. I I did used ketamine. I used some some different psychedelics and things like that. So. And I mean, that's that kind of gets into a gray area, right? Because some of those things really do help. Like I'm. I don't want to say like I'm the biggest proponent of marijuana, but I think it helps a lot of people. It does help a lot. It of helps people. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I know for me, CBD really like affects my body and helps me relax, mm-hmm. lowers those shoulders, like rest the mind. Mm-hmm. So I think some of those things are great, but yeah, not completely sober. Wow. Yeah. Good. But I mean, not good, whatever me either, but it's been an interesting journey in sobriety to lean into it. I just made a post about this on my Instagram, but I was just like, since I have a sober partner, I'm like, you know what? I can learn a lot mm-hmm. doing this because it pushes me out of my comfort zone in a totally different way. And that's been really valuable yeah. and and pushing me in my mental health for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it, it really is different for everybody when it comes to that. You know, I know, like I just said, I've gone to AA and I know it's probably a weird thing for somebody to say, well, I'm not an alcoholic, but I learned that the, like a lot of bipolar just is addictive behavior yeah. in a lot of different areas. So just switching those things for me, it was like staying fit, keeping healthy. I, I don't ever care to really drink ever. I don't do it a lot. Like yeah. I'll do it at a social event. You know, if we were at a get together, I'll have a glass of wine, then I'll go home. Doesn't take me over anymore. Yeah, me yeah. either. And and I, I used to, I used to, you know, drink a lot. So, and then I married someone who was a bigger drinker than me. And it made me feel like I'm not as much of a drink, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it was like this mental thing I was doing. And I'm like, that's not healthy. That's not good. Anyway, back to your story. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the word pivot because that was really what came up for me when I was reading about you and thinking about your story, because so many times it's so hard to pivot to something that you truly believe in and that truly speaks to your heart, that you know you have enough experience and to help people. And so I guess as you've done that, like what's the timeline been for you? Like, I feel like if somebody was looking at you and thinking, I want to make a change, like, what would you tell them to do it fast, do it slow? Like, how's, how's the pivot been? How's the pivot been? I mean, it's been difficult. And again, I, I hate to keep saying this repeating phrase, but it's different for everybody. Um, we, yes, let's yeah. just, let's just apply that to everything. Yeah. Let's hear um, it for you. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So for me, the pivot was, I actually, you talk about a moment, like I remember I had just done a TV event for uh, Major League Baseball, which was a ton of fun. I got to meet some of my idols. I'm a child of the 90s, so I got to hang out with Ken Griffey Jr. Like, it was cool. awesome. <laughs> but I remember being in a hotel room afterwards, and I was, uh, I had a drink, and I'm sitting in my hotel room, and it's so empty, and it's so dark, and there's nobody in my life with me to share this experience except for me. Like, nobody. And it got me thinking, like, am I going to be doing this forever? Am I just going to keep coming back to hotel rooms and empty life where I'm on the road? Nobody's here. I can't tell my girlfriend or wife about my day or my friends. Like, there's no relating to that. It's just people that are there for a moment and then they go. They scatter to the wind. So I like, saw oh, that. Oh, yay. Yeah, okay. exactly. You go back after <clears throat> it's the- It's almost bi- a bipolar existence just in that. It is. Yeah. You go from this big, big moment to just, now you just sit in your room. That's yeah. it. And so I started to think about 
what what would be my legacy? Because I think that's such a freaking guy thing. We got to put our name on a building or like, you know, on an airplane. My legacy. I am. Yeah, yeah. We build these <laughs> penis shaped buildings because that's like that's what yeah. we got to do. But I got to thinking about that, like, because I wasn't happy with myself. I think for all of us, we only want to impress ourselves at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's are, are you OK with Amy? Right. Like, right. are you impressing yourself? So that's when I made the switch. I'm like, look, you're bipolar. This is the thing that made you you. This is stuff you've been talking about and people like it. Why don't we go try this out? So I moved out to L.A. Uh, to work on a mental health animated show because I think it's really difficult to talk about these things and not actually see it. Like, what does it look like to be schizophrenic or uh, borderline personality disorder, eating disorders? Like, what does that really look like? Um, like what's going on in your head? Exactly. Because mm-hmm. we can talk about it and some people can relate. But I think mm-hmm. one of the areas I really like to focus on is kids is my age uh, group that, you know, that uh, I became afflicted and became bipolar, that pivotal of like puberty is going on. We're about to go into high school. And if you got something going on, you just have no idea. Yeah. So I, I had a 12 year old and she wanted to go to therapy and I was like, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. So, That's I, know, so awesome. I know what you're talking about, but it's a tough time to navigate. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's the other conversation piece right there. I'm so glad that one, that she's doing that and that two, that you agree, because for mom and dad, that's really difficult. Um, I started volunteering as a presenter for an organization called NAMI, which NAMI, is the, I'm a big fan. NAMI's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, so uh, it's going to middle schools National and high schools. National Association of Mental Illness. Let's go ahead. Uh, Alliance. Men- uh, National uh, no, Alliance. Alliance on Mental Illness. Thank yes. Um, and so one of the things I, I'm going to a lot of middle schools and talking to kids and it's heartbreaking because the number one thing they talk to us presenters about after our presentation is what if my mom and dad won't let me go to therapy? What if my mom and dad won't let me go to the doctor? And that's a tough thing to tell a kid what to do. There's boundaries. I'm not going to tell some 12 year old like, don't, you know, screw your parents, go see somebody behind their back. So it's really tough. I mean, so for you, what was that? I mean, what was that kind of like with your daughter? As far as like when she brought that to you, I mean, I have an older one too, and she had already done it. And so when she did like back then, I just was like, absolutely, whatever you think you need, you know, but like I've done enough therapy. So I have that attitude toward it. Right. And I wanted, I wanted her to have whatever she needed. And if that's what she felt like she needed, the answer is always yes. So I've told them that the answer is always yes. So my outlook might be different because I, I am all about, you know, how we're feeling and bettering ourselves. And I've done therapy myself. So, you know, maybe I'm just not the average person to ask, but maybe so many people are doing therapy now or have done it in the past that maybe that door is opening more, you know, maybe that is changing to where parents are able to not take it personally yeah, absolutely. No. I do think you're uncommon. I think you're great. It's a really good example to set. Um, but I mean, I, I understand that it's tough for some parents because yeah, because it, it really is. It's like, is my kid just going through puberty and hormones or is there actually something medically going on like that chemical imbalance that's going on? Yeah, because a big part of me is like my 12 year old. I'm like, she's 12, you know, <laughs> exactly. Because I mean, honestly, her yeah. puberty is also chemicals as well. It is. Like it's so it's really hard to figure out what's going on. But even if it is like just the hormones or whatever, I still think you could need therapy because like, who knows what my hormones are going to be like if I'm going in a few years through menopause or whatever it is. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to need therapy. It's entirely possible. Yeah. (laughs) And I I think, I mean, did we not learn through COVID or a lot of people who hadn't thought about it before realize like, man, I'm not okay. Big time. But I'm not mentally ill or whatever. Like, can I go see a therapist? And just like you're saying, breaking down that stigma of like, yeah, 
anybody should go see a therapist. Yeah. Everybody should go see a therapist. Yeah. Do something. I know I have a sponsor on this show, BetterHelp, that it, they provide financial aid too. Like they'll ask you questions about your income, which is really cool in the intake form. And I was like, what a nice thing to offer people. Yeah. Because that, you know, is something anybody could do. Like, Absolutely. They and, want people to get help. And that's a really tough thing right there. Unfortunately, without bashing this country too much, I think it does that to itself on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But our healthcare system obviously is a nightmare and it's in shambles. Yeah. Um, and to give you an example, one of the roughest moments I actually went through is uh, living in L.A. in 2019. The reason I came back home was because of a, a problem with that financially. So my insurance, which was pretty bottom of the barrel, was providing my bipolar medication for me. Um, and I got a phone call one day saying, hey, your insurance company got bought and sold in the middle of the night, so you have to reapply. Well, the new insurance company doesn't cover my bipolar, so they kick me off. And they just don't cover it, just haphazard, just like whatever. Yeah. And that can happen to, uh, it, it's happened to people. I mean, the, my story is not an uncommon one. Uh, so having to come back home and falling back to be like, hey, it's not safe for me to be out here without that. I probably need to go back home to kind of deal with this. And then COVID hits and you're like, well, shit. Well, so what difference did coming back home make in the insurance situation? Like, how did that change? It, it was literally just being able to be around family and friends that could safeguard my mental health. Whoa. Right. So were you off your medication for a while? Uh, for a whole year, all, all through COVID. Holy shit. Yeah. What a time to be off it. What a time to be off it. Yeah. So how was that for you? Extremely difficult. Now, I, I, I think one of the... I, is admitting strengths and weaknesses is a, is a tough thing to do as an individual. But I know one of my strengths is, I, I know this isn't the best thing to do for a human being is grind. I know how to do that. So mm -hmm. I basically just kept myself like almost like on a, pri a prison regiment, hardcore workouts, hardcore sleep, watching motivational things every day, burning myself out to exhaustion so I could just go to sleep. Wow. And like just staying on that for a year of like really mentally focusing on anything but my thoughts. Well, I think that's rare. It was tough. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm really impressed. I kind of had a grind during COVID too, actually. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Yeah. I was just sort of like, what if this is it? What am I going to do with myself? And so I forced <laughs> yeah. myself to. Yeah. What was that? What was that like for you? Uh, actually, it made me better. You know, it really did. And I, it, it, I, really found myself working on my self-love journey a ton because I wasn't with someone. And I just thought to myself, what if this is it? And what if you only have you? And so what's your sex life going to be like? What are you going to, how much are you going to love yourself? And so I just dove into that work and it, it's paid off. That's awesome. I yeah. think that's also uncommon. That's a tough thing to do, right? Um, it was really, everyone thought I was nuts. It's like uh, literally all my friends were like, you're doing what? And I was like, I know. But look at you. I'm over here like, just like uh, masturbating and stuff. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, pleasure practice, excuse I me. I mean, that is something important that you got to do. By the way, I mean, that helps out your immune system. So if you weren't doing that during COVID, you weren't doing yourself a favor. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, I mean, it was just a matter of health and immunity. Exactly. That's uh, one of the reasons I didn't drink either is like yeah. lowers uh, uh, immunity. Yeah. So I, I just have noticed with drinking that since I cut it out so much, when I do days later, I can feel the depressant effects like two days later. I am the same way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that's another reason I just stay away from it. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I'll just play though. And I'll be like, let me just have a couple of drinks and see. And oh yeah. Two days later, I'm like, yeah, I feel like shit again. My mental game is not as good. Of course. Duh. Well, what I just forgot. It's like, I need a reminder or yeah. something like that. Well, that's a pretty impressive thing you did for that year. And you know, 
what happened when you finally got back on your medication? Did you get new insurance or something or what happened? I did. I did get new insurance uh, and got back on medication and it definitely leveled me out. And that's all it is. It doesn't, there's no cure all for any of these things. I'm sure you know that, but just to say it for folks that might not know, like you can't magic pill, there is no magic pill. Mm -mm. Um, And that's, you know, it's funny, like you talking about loving yourself and focusing on you and people thinking you're crazy on that, but it's the simple things that we're talking about. So I talk a lot about that on my show of getting back to the basics of literally just go walk outside, go breathe. You're so right. Go do a human thing. Like go back to the well. Like I watched New Girl like six times in a row, like because it makes me feel good because our our brains just can't get they get overloaded and we couldn't take in COVID. It's just too much. Your brain didn't want to. So like fall back to the things that you like to do. Sometimes I would look at someone and be like. Oh yeah. They're going through the same thing. They know the same things. Okay. Right. We're all in this. Okay. But it was just, it was a lot, you know, and coming back to the basics and, and plus I think that can apply to other things too. When you feel like maybe you can't make a difference, maybe the problem is just too big, you know, just scale it back and do something right here, right now, like walk outside. Exactly. It's those little things. And it's kind of like you said earlier, that dumb moment. It's like, Oh yeah, I should walk. Oh yeah. Yes. I feel better. Wow. Who would have thought? You know? I know. I know. All those things make such a difference in mental health and it's like stuff we know to do. We just have to force <laughs> ourselves to do it. Exactly. So the fact that you could stay on a grind and uh, probably, you know, the workouts, all that the sleep, I mean, a plus, like I'm a sleep freak. That's the key to life. But, um, but the fact that you kept your mental game strong, I, I'm Im- extremely impressed by because that's, ruminating thoughts has been uh, a huge thing that I've had to overcome. So yeah, it's tough. I have those racing thoughts before bed. I have major anxiety about going to sleep. Um, have you had times when you couldn't sleep? Oh, I've, I've pretty much never slept my whole life. Like I've had bouts of insomnia when I worked radio. Um, is that a symptom of bipolar? It can be. And especially depression too, of when we're depressed, like we just don't, you either sleep a ton when you're depressed, right? Yeah. Like for hours on end, or you just don't sleep at all because of those, those thoughts you were talking about, like this going through your head, all that good stuff. And it's always negative, right? Um, always. Yeah. I had a really good friend tell me this. (laughs) If we were running through the positive stuff, we'd fall straight to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, I I had a good friend tell, uh, tell me this, that, and I thought this was perfect. He said, depression is the only disease that convinces you that nothing is wrong and that those negative things that you're going through, you should feel, you should feel like shit. You are shit. You're terrible. All these things are terrible. And it makes you feel like that is true. It tricks you. For sure. Yeah. And it's all bullshit. Total liar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. Um, now that I don't anymore have those thoughts at bedtime, I w- I've worked hard. That I did that during the pandemic too. I used a psychedelic, some psychedelic therapy that seems to have reprogrammed a lot of it for me, which has surprised me. Um, but also I'd made a conscious effort at the same time to just think different thoughts when I was falling asleep. Just think, and keep it really simple. Just think, I love you, Amy, you know, and I just think self-love thoughts and something kinder to myself because you do feel like that's reality. That's true when you think the bad thoughts. Yeah. So what do you do to combat that? What do you, what is your process? My process is learning. Like it's one of the reasons I do my show and I go out. It's not because I'm, I'm not a medical expert. These are just my experiences. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I learn so much. That's relatable though. Right. Exactly. Uh, So one of the things I do is like, I stick to my regimen of the things that I love to do. And I, I try to go back. So like 
during COVID, I actually bought a piano because I used to play um, instruments when I was a kid. I never played the piano. So now I've started doing that and I'm addicted to it. I love it. I went back and started painting and I suck at painting, but I have fun with it. And I focus on the fun part, not that it has to be a masterpiece, right? Um, so, so things, but I would love to know what other thoughts you have before you go to bed that I could use like good, good things to tell myself. Cause I definitely still struggle with that. It's hard. It's really yeah. hard. And, um, I thought it was normal. I thought everybody did it. That was what surprised me when I started asking around and I was like, do you think like all sorts of shit in your head before you go to bed? And some people were like, no. And I was like, what? I know. I look at those like, how do you fall asleep? You, yeah. you know those people like their head hits a pillow and they just go to know, sleep and like, you look ah. at them like, how the fuck are you doing that? <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean, I had been doing it, I think, as long as I could remember. So I guess at first I was just like, okay, it's possible. And a lot of times if someone tells me something's possible, I'm like, oh, all right. Well, now at least I know that. I know that this is an achievable thing because people already do it and we're right. not all that different. So, so I think that that really helped. Um, the ketamine therapy helped me just wipe the slate clean. And I think that some of those neural pathways got wiped away. And so that helped. It didn't help immediately. But at the same time, I made a conscious effort to lay there and just think the most simple thoughts. I love you, Amy. Life loves me. That's it. I love you. Say your name. I love myself. Life loves me. Just repeat that over and over and over and over. That's, I, and that force is, yourself. I mean, that's really good. That's one of the roads that I still have to go down. I think that's an issue for a lot of people. Um, I don't love myself or I don't know how to love myself. I've learned that I'm not good at receiving things oh. and a ton of people like Even that from right? yourself i'm sure you know people that they love to give and they give you love but they don't return it to themselves and that's definitely an issue that i'm still like working on good so i'm yeah. hoping to get better and i'm taking a slow baby steps like i'm not going to go all in it's a new relationship you know it's a new relationship I love- no <laughs> you know? but that's an important piece of it of, of your whole thing that you're talking about is like just allowing yourself you know i recognize that that is beautiful. Are you receiving this compliment right now? I'm trying to, yes. <laughs> no, just do it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's um receiving is a challenge. Are you ready to take more action on your hormonal health? I hear you. Let's get checked is ready to help. So I'm partnering with Let's Get Checked to promote their PCOS test. PCOS is a hormone problem that interferes with women's reproductive systems. It's very common and very undiagnosed. That's right. It's estimated that up to 75% of women with PCOS remain undiagnosed when visiting with their doctor. So if you have any symptoms, listen to these, losing weight, dealing with acne, mood disorders, consider trying a PCOS test from Let's Get Checked. They are the leader in at-home testing, and it is super simple, affordable, and confidential. And yes, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. You can improve your health in 2222, but you've got to measure your health. Don't let your hormones hold you back this year. Check your levels and get 30% off at TryLGC. That's Let's Get Checked. TryLGC.com slash Amy. Use code Amy30 for 30% off your entire order at TryLGC.com slash Amy. 
This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If there's something that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp is there to help. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And yes, have I done it? Yes, I have. It is incredible. It really pushed me to some things that I needed to see. Anyway, I, I, I totally believe in what BetterHelp has going on. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. And it is, like I said, professional therapy done securely online with a broad range of expertise and available worldwide. You can log in anytime, send a message, and you can switch therapists anytime you need to because they are committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change therapists anytime that you need to. It's also more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. How cool is that? They want you to start living a happier life today. So check out their testimonials on their review page and then simply go to betterhelp.com slash AES for Amy Edwards show and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash AES. When was your last like low? My last low. So this actually, yeah. So this kind of goes back. Um, so last year, actually, around June, I'd been working on putting this show together, and I had been seeing my therapist a little bit during COVID, mainly just to go check in on her. Um, and she was somebody that I mean, she changed my entire life. Um, so she stuck with me from like twenty five to now. Wow. Almost, almost about. Um, and the process that she went through, uh, and she very much was into the universe. We we're opposites. She was hippy dippy, kiwaska, you know, or ayahuasca, you know, uh-huh. I mean, living up there in the clouds. And I'm a huge film guy. It's, it's been my entire life. Like my dream is to win an Oscar, but now it's like just do mental health stuff. It changes, right? You can but, still win an Oscar. But I always be like, hey, Kevina, that was her name. Like, um, uh, do, do you remember that moment in Star Wars? She'd be like, I've never seen it. What? Like, when? <laughs> like, you frustrate the shit out of me. Um, but she sent me down every path of recovery. I mean, she got me to a process to where I only went to go see her when I was good or level. So we could have a real conversation because I feel a lot of people use therapy and it's okay if you do, but like just recognize that they use it like a, a garbage can. You take your trash there, you dump it, you don't work on anything, you get more trash, you come back and you do rinse and repeat. So you don't work on anything. Oh, that's a good analogy. So you got to, it's tough because like you lean into that because you use them as a handicap, right? I'm going to go dump my shit on Amy. I'm not going to work on anything. I'm going to come back next week and do it. And it gets old and you start to recognize that. So we had moved to that point. And so come June, you know, I had just talked to her like two weeks before and she just like all of a sudden passed away. Like just gone, (gasps) just gone. Young, uh, she was like mid forties. I mean, very healthy. I'd oh seen her God. like two weeks before. It was a great conversation. I don't really remember it, but I just remember the good energy. And she, I mean, she's gone. And she was literally the most important person in my life. And we had an unconventional relationship. We would go on hikes. We do sessions outside, which I know is not the norm. I love that. Um, but she was my person, and I wouldn't have been able to process. And I still am processing that because it's still fresh to me. When was it again? Uh, Mid June. Yeah. Oh my but it's gosh. taken a while. And I'm sure, you know, grief kind of, it comes in waves. Of course. Right. It just, it pops. Yeah. Um, but I was really mad at first 
because I was like, you were supposed to be here at the end. Like I needed you for everything. Like you were supposed to be at the end of the, the finish line for me. Like we were going to do this together. Um, and maybe that's a, a thing a lot of people do when they, when they go through grief or lose somebody, but I wouldn't have been able to handle any of that if it wasn't for our entire relationship. For the work that she did. Right. Something, uh, something like that 10 years ago, I would have crushed myself. It could have pushed me to the brink of not want to be here on planet earth anymore, mm -hmm. but now I can. So that was, that was another low. That was a big low that I had to get through is like pull myself out. Cause now you're doing it by yourself. Your, your yeah. travel buddy's gone. It's like Sam and Frodo, but you know, Sam ain't there anymore. And you just got to, you got to keep going on. Well, it's, it's tough it's, to do. It's interesting that this coincides or maybe this is what's pushed you into this self-love thing, this new relationship. Yeah, because I can tell like she'd want me to. I imagine she's still up there in the universe and she's frustrated as shit with me sometimes and being like, Tyler, mm -hmm. stop. Do you talk to her still? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's an okay thing to do. I think, oh, yeah, yeah I think, I mean, I felt like the first time I actually went back to one of the places we met. And I was so awkward and I was mad. I'm like, this is so stupid. Why? She ain't here. Why am, why am I here? Why am I doing this? But I, I could kind of feel her like. But you did. I could feel her being because like, just get that out. to you. <laughs> yeah. You so, um, so that's kind of my process right now. With work. But that was definitely a low moment. But it also gave me a passion to move forward with what I'm doing right now. Because that's what she would have wanted me to do. Did you have any negative coping when you had that low time? Uh, no, I specifically stayed away from the bad things, but it was definitely just like those moments of indifference, which I think for a lot of people, that's the most dangerous place to find yourself in. Okay. That's interesting. If you're dealing with it. Um, cause I'm somebody who, uh, had a suicide incident. Yeah. What was that? Um, so I, I think it's different for everybody. I think there are, you know, unfortunately people that do plan it out that premeditated oh, think are. about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's kind of just spur of the moment things. Mm -hmm. And for me, and I've talked to a lot of other people that have gone through this of it, it wasn't, it's not a wanting to kill yourself. It's just a, I don't want to be here anymore, which I think could be for anything. If you're in a bad relationship, if you're at a party, you don't want to be at, you just want to disappear. Right. So you're indifferent to what you do to yourself. So I basically like almost drank myself to death in an wow. evening and it was just, it happened to be what it was and I was okay. I made it and it wasn't my intention to do that. Um, there was no note. There was no, that, that wasn't on the menu that night. It just kind of happened. Wow. So, um, no, it really is. Um, yeah. I've, I have walked in something for NAMI during, I think, um, suicide prevention month. And I'm a volunteer activist as well. I don't, I'm not as active right now, but for moms demand action for gun sense, which, um, is a grassroots organization, nonpartisan just to, provide safer gun laws. I think that's awesome. But the number one gun killer is exactly what you just said. It's people not planning it who have access to a gun who just spur of the moment have Damn. access to a gun. And so they do it right then. And so many people say it passes. If they had had access to a gun, they would have done it. And if, and you know, so many people that have survived have said it was just that moment. And so that's why, you know, we've partnered with NAMI in the past and just tried to, I'm um, off on a tangent a little bit, but, yeah. but just, just tried to, that's why gun safety is so important because that's the number one killer is these quick decisions that if people didn't have access, they wouldn't do it. Exactly. It, it literally saves lives. Yeah. I think that's wonderful, by the way. I, I think that's so important. I, I completely align with that as yeah. well. And it's true. If I didn't have alcohol in my place that night, it just would have been a <gasps> shitty night. 
Oh, I I just got full fucking chills. Yeah. Yeah. It just would have been a shitty night. And I think that's the same for everybody. You know, I mean, for whatever they go through. And obviously you don't want to be there. And the other thing, too, is coming after that. I hope I'm not going off on a tangent here. Tell me. Um, But I think you can handle those moments differently. Like we all deal with grief differently. Yeah. And I think for me coming out of that, I didn't ignore it. But I kind of, and it wasn't like making light of it, but I go to dark humor as like a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. So I didn't let it, I, you know, like become my personality trait or become this pivotal moment. It was just a thing that happened to me. Wow. Like it has not defined me and, mm-hmm. and, and trying to make it not as scary, even though it's the scariest thing you can do is to like not be here, but to not make it that scary. It was just, you know, I messed up. Yeah. I messed up. What were you thinking, dude? Come on. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, like I think of my partner who's a two time suicide survivor and, you know, that's such a huge part of his story. But it's interesting to change the perspective a little bit and just say that is an that is an occurrence in my life. And so is, you know, what I did the next day, you know, exactly. Yeah. And I think, again, like however you need to process that because it is a monumental event. Yeah, it's monumental. There's you cannot take away from it, uh, from it. And your partner clearly like, I mean, I'm glad he's around. He uses his story to help others. I think yes, that's awesome. For sure. That's so great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess me talking about it, too, can kind of help. I, it, it, you never not know. Kinda. Yeah, you it don't does. Know. It absolutely yeah. does. Because so many people want to hide that there's so much shame. And ha- I mean, how long did it take you to overcome the shame of talking about it? Did you have any shame? To, I shouldn't assume. Did you have shame? Yeah, I think it was super embarrassing. Like, I can't, I still can't even believe it. Someone's like, dude, what are you doing? What were you thinking in that moment? Like, really? You, you were playing loose and fast with this, uh, with your life. Like, that's all you got, man. There's no guarantee of anything mm-hmm. after this. Like, yeah, damn, I hope, sh- you know, I hope there is. Um, but yeah, there was, I guess, shame. And like, I just didn't talk about it. I just didn't want people to know. Didn't want people to when know. When did you finally, who'd you tell? You probably told Kevina? Kevina, uh, yeah. Kevina. Kevina. Uh, I told her about it. Um, and then maybe talked about it like five or six years later. Five or six yeah. years later. That's a yeah. long time. Yeah, because it, it had become not like an afterthought, but definitely like, eh, you know, moving past it. We're not going back there. Yeah. Um, and one of the, you know, you're talking about your partner telling his story. And continuing to tell that story. That's all this conversation is about mental health. It's simply reinforcement. It's doing it every day. I tell people when it comes to working out, working out is the easiest thing in the world to do. It is you pick up A and you drop it down to B and then you pick it up again. That's easy. What's not easy is doing it every single day. What's not easy is going back home and eating healthy and sleeping right and keeping your mind focused. The every second, every day things are extremely difficult to do and nobody can do them perfectly, but it's the same thing with your mental health. I have to stay away from alcohol. I got to keep doing these things. I got to keep talking about this and that. Like you have to reinforce it every single day. It's habits. It's habits. It's yeah. practices. I mean, I say everything is a practice because it is. Mm-hmm. And so what are we going to choose? The practice of the negative self-talk and all that and and granted, it's just hard to break out of the old and you just, there's nothing to do, but do it because <laughs> nobody's going to fucking do it for you. I, that's the thing. Some people like kind of like lean into the pain and I've definitely done that before. It's, it's, what is it? The, what's the saying? The devil, you know, then the devil, you don't. Ah. So we'll sit in our pain, right? In our mm-hmm. little prison, because I know the walls, I know what this feels like. I don't want to try anything new because it could be worse. 
And not only that, there's actual chemicals that we become addicted to in our brain that are the stress or the feeling bad. Exactly. I, I mean, I read that in Beyond Supernatural from Joe Dispenza. I'm a big fan. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so, tr yes. it's true, though. You get addicted to feeling that pain because the moment you don't, you start to freak out like, whoa, this is happiness. This is not good. I don't deserve this. Like something's wrong with me. Like you, yeah. You, you, yeah, you get trapped in that thing. It's tough. It's like Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like you get trapped anymore. I still do. I fall down all the time. I definitely. Okay, I want to know what your fall downs are like. I mean, I, I fall down all the time. And I, I talk about this a lot on my show. Like I'm nowhere close to where I want to be. And that this is still a daily thing for me. I'm not sitting up here like some, you know, reformed guy, like I'm a saint now. Like there's a, there's no, you know, sitting up on a pedestal. And if you are, I don't think I would even. Hell no. I would, I would want to knock myself down. I don't mm -hmm. like that. I, you know, mm -hmm. it's one of those things. But I'm still going through it. And I think that's the thing. Every time I'm on my show, we have a medical guest on. I'm in the audience with my audience. Mm -hmm. I'm learning. I need more of this stuff. Me you, too. You got to keep going, right? You have to keep talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, falling down. I'm, I'm lucky in that I have a mentality that I know how to pick myself back up. Yeah. And not everybody has that. Uh, it doesn't make me better or like, you know, anything like that. It's just I'm lucky to have that inherently in me. Oh, do you have it inherently? It's yeah. not something that you have cultivated over time. I mean, it's I, probably like a muscle that you've strengthened. Right. Um, I mean, I was a huge sports guy. Oh, and I okay. played sports. So, so it's the in there. Yeah. The mentality of like coming back, battling back. Um, that's uh, those are my idols growing up mm -hmm. and like, you know, seeing the focus and then, you know, seeing reading about success, the man in the arena quote, you know, all those certain things have always helped me pick back up. In fact, today. Um, uh, did you ever, do you, do you know the last dance of Michael Jordan documentary that came out in yes, 2020? Yes, but I haven't watched it. That makes me want to run through a brick wall and I've been low recently and I have not, I'm working on a huge project right now and it's been burning me out and I'm feeling like it's going to suck and all this. So I popped on the last dance this morning because Michael Jordan gets me going. Okay. Because he wasn't the most talented individual mm -hmm. in the world, but he worked harder than anybody else. So I'll go watch Michael and be like, let's go. I'm going to get this day. I'm going to eat my Wheaties. I'm going to get up and we're going to go. So that, that helps me get back up. Oh, that's so good. I need to hear those things because I lose. I just forget. I'm just forgetful. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that inspires me. Oh, yeah, I can do that. And I think that's a good thing to share with our listeners right now is like, just just remind yourself, like, do you have a list somewhere? Where do you do you keep a list of things that you, make you feel good? Yeah. You have a mental yeah, list? Absolutely. You have a write down list? I like, think, what do you do? I think everybody <laughs> should have that just in your head. Like, again, go back to the well, whatever it is that gets you up or gets you a little motivated. Yeah. Do it because motivation is very fleeting. You know, discipline. Time. Discipline is where it really habits. matters. Habits. Exactly. Cultivate your habits. Um, but go get that. Go get that motivation wherever it is. Mm -hmm. And go back in your past. It doesn't matter, right? Like whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I have to like write them down because I, I legitimately will be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that Michael Jordan documentary, <laughs> which I'm totally going to put on my list. Oh, you should. I, I mean, I go back to songs. I go back to movies. Movies are my love. Like, yeah, go listen to that song on repeat. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put it on repeat. Absolutely. <laughs> and Spotify is going to tell you at the end of the year how many times you listen to it. <laughs> They're going to be like, did you really listen to Pointer Sisters this much? And I'm like, uh, this bet is, your ass is I anybody did. looking? <laughs> you bet your ass I did. I turned it up too. And I'm listening to it right now, Spotify. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, um, so I think as you've built this show, how's that gone for you? I feel like you, I'm going to make an assumption. I feel like you probably told a lot of people that you used to work with and they were like, hell yeah, 
I struggle with this kind of stuff. Yeah. And that has got to feel pretty good. It's validating. It does. I, I think it reinforces that none of us are okay right now. Not a single person is okay. If you are, please tell us a secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, totally okay. Um, but yeah, going through the show and just getting my my friends on and then getting medical experts on. And the thing about getting them on too, which is really refreshing, is that they're going through it too. And it helps to know that there's, you know, all of us are in this together because the moment you can start to do that and you sit across from somebody, you build empathy. You build empathy, you build better human beings. We start being nicer to each other. There's more compassion out in the world. And that's what we got to keep doing. So that at least has given me hope on my show, because even when I don't feel like doing it, and I know you've done shows before, you're like, I just got to somehow get through this. I got to put a mask on just for an hour to get through the show. And sometimes I'll do that. But at the end of every one, I'm like, man, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad we got these people and I got to have that combo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I try to find it. You know, I don't like to put a mask on. So. I actually, well, even though I make up my face, I don't think that counts. Um, (laughs) But I, I try to stay pretty raw about wherever I am, you know, and like, I, I want, you know, you to show up that way too. I hope that I foster that environment because like, I think it's important for people to know we're not all just having a good day, you know, like we're not even going to, sometimes you can't even fake it. And sometimes you're just like, this is where I'm at right now. Yeah. And yeah, you definitely, I, I didn't want to bring any negative energy today, but I'm feeling good. Like you're so, you seem in, like you're feeling good. Oh, this is so inviting. This is oh, right good. Alley. Yeah. This is so, and this is I'm a, gen- receive that you right should. Now. this is a very genuine conversation. I think you're genuine and that kind of lights me Thanks. up when somebody is like, like being raw, being you like makes me feel like a human being. Well, I knew you were going to show up that way too, just from, even though we hadn't met till today, just from our exchanges. Yeah. And, um, because, and, and if you're working in mental health and you really mean it, then that's the way you, you, I wouldn't say you have to show up, but it would be the best choice because you're speaking from the heart at that point, you know, and able to understand and build that empathy, just like you were just saying. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's weird. I still like bash myself. Like, dude, what are you doing? Because you like, you know, you saw that counselor Inner like critic, the bullshit yeah, in like, your head. You go, uh, back, you know, back to the school days of like you had that burnout counselor that came up on stage telling you about how he fucked up his life, and I'm like, you're you're that guy now. <laughs> you're that you're that guy. Oh my gosh, it drives me crazy. But then when you get into it, it's like, okay, this is actually fun. You it drives get, you crazy, but you keep doing it. Yeah, you kind of get a little. You get. You're like, oh god, you are. You like mm-hmm. this. You like admit it. Admit that you like doing this. That is a good conversation to have with yourself. It's tough. Uh huh. I don't it like is. having that because we all kind of want to be. Like we all want to be different things. I wanted to be something different. Mm-hmm. This was not in the life plan, but, but it's where I'm here now. You may end up, I mean, that you could still win that Oscar is my point. I don't know if I even it's, want it anymore. Ah, uh, that's when, that's when the real magic yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> it's true. Yeah. That's right. You don't even know if you want it. It's just rattling around in there and the that's universe fun. is like, oh, perfect. Here's a perfect project for you. What is this big project that you're working on? Um, I actually can't really talk about it. It, it, it kind of goes more with my show. And I don't say that to be like mysterious. No, it's okay. Uh, but I like legally can't. Oh, okay. um, so, but it's, yeah, it's just kind of a bigger iteration of my show and kind of what I'm working on. And it's just, yeah, we'll see where it goes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I would expect that from you. It sounds like a natural thing for your show to grow. And um, 
which your show, I'll have links for it everywhere. And it's how are we today? Yeah, how are we today? I wanted to call that out a little bit and just say, I like that you, I really like and appreciate that you put we in there. You know, I, I recognize that that's probably intentional, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, because I tell people I want there to be a thousand shows like mine. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of people out there that have have been walking so I could run quickly and, and get these things done and get these guests. But it is about we like I know this is going to maybe this sounds egotistical like, dude, don't you're not no white knight. Like literally, I'm just another white guy doing a podcast because <laughs> we don't have enough of those. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they all look like me. So I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, but the mission really is to save the world. If we build better people and we stop throwing away lives like we can do something pretty significant. And it's about community. It's like building an army to make this thing happen because every single day there are people that their lives are threatened for who they are, whether it's their sexuality, whether it's their race, their mental affliction, whatever it is. And we have got to save those people. We have to change the perception. We can't do it with guns and violence and war, even though we're literally like doing that right now. But if we can build better education, make people care more, maybe we got a chance of getting out of this thing alive. I love that. We'll see. I love that. I thought, too, it was just about the fact that you're not alone. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one thing we talk about. You like when you're in the dark, it's really hard to see hope. Like it's hard. I have had dark times when I'm like, there's this is just everything's pointless. And you're not going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. You're going to be here forever. Yep. Um, but I, I tell people not to be too corny or melodramatic, but the cavalry is coming. There are people that are looking for you in the dark right now. You just don't know because you can't see each other. But if you find each other, and that's the whole goal, you got to find each other. Like I found my therapist after wandering for so many years, things are going to get better. Yeah. Things can get better and change. One of the last times it happened to me, I remember too just thinking like, well, I've been here before and I do remember that it didn't last forever. <laughs> so it's a good little know, reminder. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, like if you can step into your awareness just for just for a second and just think, well, I, I mean, I have felt really low before <laughs> yeah. and and remind yourself of that. I mean, that's been helpful to me, too. So, yeah, but there's I like that you are such a proponent of asking for help because I've just had times and I bet you have too, when you have felt like I don't have anybody to call in those low times, even like Mm -hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing. It's tough when, and that's one of those moments where I I think we all find ourselves in where the friend isn't available. The family member's not available. The therapist isn't available. How do I handle this? Or you just feel like a burden. uh, We all do. I I mean, you know, for help, right? Like, Oh, what I'm going to call that same friend and tell them my sad fucking story. again. Exactly. Yeah. Cause there is a, there is a real thing of compassion fatigue of where you just, you're taking on too much. I think all of us experience that during COVID. If somebody's calling you with a bad day, it's like, yeah, dude, look around. (laughs) Right. Everybody's, it's kind of just picking each other. Exactly. I I think for one, um, one thing I'm really passionate about too is talking to guys guys have got to start talking about their feelings. Mm-hmm. I very much believe that women are not the emotional creatures. It is men that are the, that are the emotional creatures. Okay. Tell we, me more. Oh, we need more. We are way more sensitive than you guys. Like you, you, you could get into a spat with your friend. We're literally going to march across Europe to take over the world <laughs> when we get upset. Okay. So we, we have issues and we don't have, uh, we have never really had outlets and we've had a society not to like play a tiny violin for men because there's got to be way more accountability. 
But we've been told from an early age, you got to be tough, act like a man. Boys will be boys. Like we don't ask for help. We don't need to ask for help. We're the provider. We're supposed to be the rock. We have to take boys on don't all, cry. Boys, boys all don't that. cry. All mm-hmm. that bullshit. I mean, that's what I grew up with too. I still have a lot of that in, in me of like, I don't need this help. I mean, early conditioning. Yeah. So we have to get guys to start talking. And I think that's a massive issue right now as guys. I think there's been more of that, especially in the sports world of seeing these big macho guys and Olympic medal winners like Michael Phelps, you know, uh, uh, talk about their mental health and say, these are the things I'm going through to let you know, like, hey, you, we're, us guys got to start talking. We got issues. And maybe we can take away from some of that violence and really bad things that men do specifically to the world and always have, maybe that can start to change. Yeah, it diffuses it. Yes. And just talking a little bit, but you're setting an example by talking about it, which is so good. But I've heard an analogy like it's like, you know, if you shake up a soda, you know, and you just open it fast, it explodes. But if you just, just, just like take a little (laughs) bit, right? Let it, let yourself talk just a little, you know, and ease into it. Then it, you're not going to go take over Europe. (laughs) <laughs> or a try that is a that's that's a really good analogy for mm-hmm. guys emotions because mm-hmm. uh, most of the time it does happen like that we explode outwards mm-hmm. with our anger and, and everything else like and it's too much so yeah we we do need a softer hand yeah we need we need a little bit of care from motherly figures and mm-hmm. female figures to kind of get us here not that we need to put the burden on women to fix us and you shouldn't, you know, put that on somebody else to fix you. That's that's right. you, you got to deal with. But we get we you guys could give us some good advice and good yeah. lessons and experience of like, hey, this would be a good way to handle this right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. But women aren't immune to it either. I mean, no. we stuff things down. And then I've had times where I've stuffed things and then, you know, exploded not in a pretty way. Exactly. Yeah. I've had to learn. Okay, talk now. Don't clam up because you will explode down the road. I yes. will. Psh- so much I have, <laughs> but you know, it's all a learning process and there's nothing we're doing that's wrong. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I definitely came away from that today because I haven't heard that. And I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's really good. I think that's a great perspective. I need to take that in. I'm oh, going to sit with that. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, before we go today, uh, is there anything I missed? Is there anything that you want to be sure to say before you go? Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you didn't want to? miss talking about? Um, not that I can really think of. I, I think we got to cover so much and so I, much. and I appreciate the time. Um, I, I do think one thing kind of going back to the last thing we were just talking about, like when you're by yourself, Yeah, I would, um, ask people to research grounding techniques, um, which are great to use. And these are very like kid level S things. Uh, we were doing one literally the other day, uh, that it's called sticky thoughts that my friend, um, Dr. Aaron Underbrink, if anybody wants to look her up, uh, she's tremendous. Cool. Uh, came up with this where it's, you put, uh, you write down a bad thing about yourself. So like, uh, for me, I'm not a good person. You stick that on your forehead, literally a sticky note, you stick it on your forehead. And the whole idea is that you can't see when you have that thought, but then take it and then move it to your shoulder and then move it down your body. And now it's still there with you, but it's not blocking your vision for your life. And you can keep going forward. It's just trying to reinforce those simple wow. things, those made up things, those loving yourself things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think grounding techniques is something that, if anything, like those would be good things to have to, you know, when you can go to those when you don't have anybody with you. And if I could give one piece of advice for anybody, if that's okay, I don't. Please. I, I'm 33 years old. I don't know if I should be giving advice, right? Give like, advice. who's this fucking young kid? Whatever. I want advice. Um, 
I think one of the best things you can do for an individual if they're going through something is to not necessarily talk, but just ask them, can I sit with you and just sit and don't talk. Wow. I just love let that. somebody sit there. So with your partner or whatever, just be like, hey, I'm going to sit with you for a second. I'm not going to say anything. You don't want to talk to me. Don't talk to me. If you want to later, I'm, I'm just going to be sitting here. That's it. You it's so to, good with kids too. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, yeah, if you're going through it or, or feel like you can do that for somebody, you need that, ask somebody to do that. It's pretty easy, right? Just sit there. Yep. Yeah. Takes all the pressure off too. You don't have to be in fix it mode or. Mm-hmm. And you let people come to you. Mm-hmm. Let them take those baby steps to finally kind of open up and you'll find that I, it, it's really rewarding. That is beautiful. Well, I can't thank you enough. Speaking of people coming to you, can you share how everyone can find your show and find you? Sure. Uh, yes. The name of the show is How Are We Today, which you can find on Twitch and of the same name on YouTube. Just Google that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see my little characters, mm-hmm. feeling characters and cartoons uh, there to know you found it. Uh, and then on Twitter and Instagram, it's just I'm Tyler Co and the Tyler Co. I couldn't think of better handles. And I was like, eh, I'm, Tyler Coe. <laughs> I'm Tyler Co. And I'm, I'm I like Tyler it. Co. Yes. So that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't post a lot, but I'll post every once in a while mm-hmm. uh, for show updates and stuff like that. So and Good. pictures of my dog, if you want to check that out. Those what are kind always, of dog do you have? She's like a little black lab hit mix. Cool. I so, think I saw her on your yeah, Instagram. She's great. Her name's mm-hmm. Danny. Danny. Yeah, she's a great dog. Well, there was pet therapy in there, too. It's funny. I'm actually going to an animal farm this or tomorrow morning. That is literally all about that. Oh, is getting wow. troubled youth. You go hang out with like little bunny rabbits <laughs> and horses. And that's all you do. You just hang out with them all day and you just chill. What a good idea. What good people. Yeah. It's going to be good for me, too. I'm a are big, you just going as an observer? Or are you going to do a oh, show no, from gonna, there? No, I'm going to go hold the bunnies. You're just going to hold bunnies. I think I yeah. could hold the bunny right now. <laughs> Putin's marching across Europe, you know, our governor's <laughs> doing some just horrific things today. Like, I, I need to hold a bunny. Everybody yeah. needs to go hold a baby bunny. You can join me. Let's go hold a baby Again, bunny that's, together. that's like tuning into that simple stuff. <laughs> yeah. Go pet a bunny. Yes, go pet if an animal. If you can't get to a bunny, pet your cat. I have a tortoise. Sometimes I just stare at him. I will just sit and <laughs> stare at my tortoise. What's his name or Le- her name? Leo. Leo. Well, we don't know. Well, I think it's a boy. I don't know. We're making kind of assumptions there. Leonardo. Leonardo Tortellini. Ooh, I yeah. love that. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. I take it uh, day by day because, you know, he's going to grow to be gigantic and be like 120 years old. So, yep. He'll tell, he, he will tell your story after you <laughs> carry on the legacy. <laughs> he can give two shits about my story, <laughs> honestly. He just barely tolerates me. But, but I'll just sit and stare at him. And it does. It, it opens your heart in a way that you don't expect. Yeah, it's those little things. Mm-hmm. Well, enjoy the farm. And I want to say thank you so much. I hope you'll receive this. What you're doing is great for the world. Your voice is so important. Your story is so important. And this show is important work. So congratulations on pivoting. Thank you. Beautiful thing. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate being on. This has been a joy. I love oh, everything you. you're about. I love Thank the energy. You. Thank you. I mean, so right back to you. Thank you. You're I putting out that. that good stuff into the world. I mean, it's only going to get better. So thank you for what you do. <laughs> Make my heart feel good. So thank you so much. Just just love you, man. I'm glad you, I'm glad you were here. Love you thank too. You. Thank you to Tyler Coe. What an incredible episode. I love talking about mental health and I love hearing people's stories. So if you feel like perhaps you have a story and you don't know where to share it, I would say just like turn the bottle cap just a little, start sharing a little because you know what? It helps people. Our stories help people proof 
right there in today's episode. So powerful and so good. Thank you, Tyler. Now remember, you can find his show, How Are We Today, on YouTube and Twitch and also Facebook. They live stream, but then he puts up the episodes as well on those platforms. And follow him too at I'm Tyler Co. I am I'm Tyler Co. C O E. And he's on Twitter at the Tyler Co. And if you want to reach out to him too, I'm going to put it in the show notes, but it's how are we today show at gmail.com. So um, thanks again to him. And thanks to you for being here, for showing up for your own mental health. It is so important. Thanks to everybody here at Hot Pie, especially Alyssa. And thank you just for leaving a review, for showing up, for showing up for yourself, for um, supporting this show. And I'm just intensely grateful. So if you want to reach out to me, remember, it's easy to find me. It's all in the show notes, amy at amyedwards.com. And share it with a friend if you feel called. I guess that's pretty much it. Just, I think the, the, the big thing is, is keep going. It's all a practice. There's no magic pill, just like he said. So we just keep showing up. And if you had a shitty night, if you had a shitty day, it's okay. It doesn't have to define you but it can be part of your story that helps others. What a beautiful thing. Till next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this show, please rate and review. It totally matters. And I encourage you to spread the love too and share this episode with a friend if you feel called.